access to multiplayer. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tangent Space. I'm John Kehias. And I'm Brandon Anderson. In this episode, we're going to discuss everything about Raised by Wolves, the recent HBO series, uh, which was it's, uh, basically everything you'd want in a Tangent Space TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also with some history, yeah. Like, it's got some Ridley Scott involvement. We've, been, we've already talked about uh, Prometheus and Covenant, so... Yeah, my strong feelings on those. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, like, what did you yeah. think about this? I mean, overall, it was, I mean, it was interesting. And it's, you know, because it covers so many topics and ideas of things I like to think about and we like to talk about, that definitely, for me, gives it some of a pass, even though I do have serious issues with some of the plot points and things covered. But, you know, it's it's filmed well, it's good acting, good special effects for the most part, like... You know, I, I want more shows like that in the end. Right. I really have this thing where I get onto Netflix or whatever app and try to find something to watch, and I just give up nine times out of ten <laughs> and, like, watch nothing because I just see, like, the sci-fi. I'm just like, that. no, 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 never mind. Yeah. And this is a show that, like, is an easy, yes, I will watch that, which, yeah, is rare. I'm really... <laughs> excited to see something like that show up yeah that's a big a big thing to have and is i think a good sign of the kinds of shows we're able to get and see because sci-fi and those type shows aren't as big but with i think the fantasy doing better well the epic stuff yeah we're seeing some more which is which is nice it's not just uh, the nth star trek series (laughs) right (laughs) yeah instead it's the nth of whatever universe this is which I can almost never tell. We couldn't even really tell with Prometheus if it was the same universe, but... Yeah. I, that was my first note. I took some notes here. My first note was lots of Ridley in there. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. something that I, I think um, when I read a little bit or listened to a little bit of um, some reviews or, or some mm-hmm. thoughts on it, the, the fact that Ridley Scott was involved, it's not his creation. He didn't write or create it. That's uh, Aaron... Guskowski, mm-hmm. so uh, whose work I don't think I'm really familiar with, but the fact that really Scott got involved and wanted to direct the first few episodes, and I think once he's attached, that probably naturally will draw some of the the visual direction of right. you know, the white gunk inside I of Android. I was just gonna say, yeah, if you see an Android spewing yeah. white milk blood, like okay, it's yeah. probably that dude. <laughs> yeah, and that was I think I was reading a little bit about that originally was they were gonna have like blood back in Alien or whatever the first one he was doing this, but huh. you know it didn't shoot well the. It looked like it was kind of an arbitrary choice, and they're like, "Oh, this looks cool. Let's let's do it." Right? I don't think I don't think someone had decided that right away, if I if I remember correctly. Interesting. But yeah, lots of lots of Ridley in there, right? That's like it could easily mm. be his thing, at least in the first few episodes and kind of the setup and yeah, some of the elements we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess the usual thing we got to have some kind of brief recap. Yeah, do you want to do it? Should I do it? <laughs> Uh, you can, you can go ahead. Spoiler, spoiler version. Let's see what you yeah. remember, and then I'll. Uh... Yeah, good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, from what I recall, uh, there is essentially a war that happens on Earth and alternate Earth, or maybe in far future Earth, between two factions. One is super religious. One is atheist, and they have 
really advanced tech, so it seems at least future-y. And they sort of destroy the Earth and decide to bail out, or the only options for survival are to go elsewhere. So both factions come up with a way to leave Earth and go try to colonize the nearest planet, Kepler something-something. And the atheists send out a ship that's as lightweight as possible, has no actual living beings, they're just frozen embryos and some androids on it so they can go really fast. And the the religious people send out a big, like, generation ship or, like, cryo-freeze ship. And anyway, the the series is just, like, the androids show up on the planet, break the kids out of embryos, raise them up. Most of them die <laughs> from, like, radiation <laughs> poisoning. The religious people show up, uh, and there's, you know, like, a couple people that are main characters amongst the religious uh, who are actually imposters. They're like atheists who posed as uh, some people they killed. And they, it's sort of their story going along with this colony and sort of fighting with the, the two androids, mother and father, who are in charge of the other colony and exploring this planet. And there's a bunch of conflict between them and a bunch of weird shit starts <laughs> happening. And it gets very mm. Ridley Scott where the android woman, mother, gives birth <laughs> she gets impregnated by herself in a dream or something and gives something. birth to a giant flying snake monster <laughs> that, that flies off at the end of the show and you don't know what's yeah. happening uh, yeah that's the end game for them and the other people more or less the the guy out of the couple that were impostering in the religious group becomes mad with power and decides he's some kind of prophet and starts hearing the voice of God, which is really trippy and we're unsure how real that is yeah. and there's a lot of funky magic stuff going on and he sort of spirals uh, it's unclear I don't remember exactly where we left him, he was still alive right? Yeah, one of those against all odds, he's still still alive, yeah. comes across uh, at the very very end, one of the last scenes he comes across some new group that has landed, I don't know if they're also the, the believers, Mithraic or what? Um, right. But Mithraic. yeah, there's more people entering. Yeah, Mithraic. So yeah, I mean, the basic setup is combination of colonizing new world, androids raising people, mm. religion versus non-believers. Right. Uh, you know, in a nutshell. I don't know what the uh, mashup equivalent of this is, <laughs> but I have to think about it. How how the pitch went, you know, to HBO. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, and that. My second, I should say, my second note, so we're moving right in order of my notes here, nice. is atheists in strong scare quotes. That, I mean, you know, I'll give it a pass, but it's just so, it's so, I understand, you know, the usual religious wars and sides, like the believers versus the non-believers, right? Mm -hmm. The civilized versus the barbarians, however you want to slice and dice it. But yeah. then to make such a big deal of calling them atheists and that they don't believe in a god, yeah. and, but somehow they're like, you know, zealot atheists and they're you know, like a group, and they have this kind of identity through non-identity. It was like uh, USSR, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. I don't... I mean, I, I can understand it just makes it a little bit catchier and easier of just saying, like, the non-Mithraic, the non-believers. Um, but they kind of make a big deal, too. Like, the androids, mother and father, are, yeah. you know, supposed to be atheists, and they raise their kids as atheists, which is also, like... Mm. I don't know. It, it doesn't really make sense to me, mm. the kind of terminology and that type of trying to split people like that I understand story-wise what they're trying to do but 
I, I wasn't a fan of that term just because I feel like atheist is not really a, a group. Oh, right? interesting. There's no, like, there's no group that, you know, there's no church of atheism, of course. Right. But it's just, it, it just seems like it's just like a negation, really. And so to me, that doesn't huh. no, work, it felt but, It felt very Cold War to me. This is like, in some way, like a, a, a spinoff of if Russia and the U.S. or whatever had continued into some bizarro future and the and the u.s is all weird and religious still mm. and then mm-hmm. the usr is just like government atheism like eh. yeah i could that makes sense i could see that like i said it's not it's not a huge thing it just it just seemed always weird to be talking about atheists as a group like this which i've never mm. heard in that way but i see um yeah very very minor point yeah the, the mithras the mithraic was interesting the first thing i thought of when i saw their like sun emblem and their white tunics was um, Solaire from Dark Souls, the oh, game, okay. who does like this praise the sun, kind of like right. a sun salutation type thing. Right. And has finally, he's a very well loved character and thing in the, in nice. the game and from fans of it, um, which I guess now I realize was, you know, obviously he was a sun worshiper. Um, right. But this is based on the, or, you know, kind of a, some variation of this ancient sun worshiping religion or cult, right. which has you know been in various formations. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's parts of it have been used and reused in other religions. Yeah, um, and it you know makes sense as a kind of a nice belief system or you know way to build a belief system for this type of story. Yeah, yeah, it was. It reminded me like of a. Uh, I guess it was just the shirts, right? So they all had like these white shirts with sun on them you know like yeah. they look like crusaders it was like crusader yeah. garb yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which i think was in- intentional right uh but it just reminded me of king arthur in uh my python like he has that sun <laughs> face on his shirt. that's all i can think of <laughs> yeah it's so a popular be- uh it's a popular like cult religion thing that we don't know much about so it ends up appearing in media and yeah i hadn't really i hadn't realized it all before but this kind of brought it to the forefront yeah yeah it was so interesting like especially so like in this setting it's so weird right so they're sun worshipers and soul right is their god and soul is the word for our sun but they're at a different planet it's a different sun like what do you just worship all stars or is this like some what's going on i I think the mismatch might have they've been Maybe he was trying to say something, you know, like that weird transference where they're still worshiping the sun, but it's not even the same. Like, who yeah, are they that, talking to? That was an interesting point. I was, so I was listening to the official show podcast. I haven't watched or listened to all the episodes, but one was about the ancient Mithraic cult and the history from, you know, Persians and Roman time and all of that. Mm. And that was, they don't really know anything about it because they don't have any written records. They have mm. some kind of sacred sites or you know like these caves with diagrams and star constellation drawings and stuff like that so they don't really know if if by Saul and Mithras if they were the same thing or not if it was mm-hmm. literally the sun or just some right like that's an embodiment of it or you know part of it or what so yeah it's kind of ambiguous and in this case um the religion in the show apparently they got some tech from their scriptures. They realized it was like encoded in their scriptures oh, and that's right. how they got I some of the tech. And that, that, I don't know if that was said so directly in the show. I, I saw it in some external stuff. I think it um, was. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that's kind of like confirmation. I mean, right? okay. You can right? find a pattern in anything. Right. But. Is that how they, Oh my God. I, okay. Okay. Now I've, I forgot so much about the show shit, 
But is that how they learned how to make necromancers? I don't know if it was. It just said something about you know their technology oh, right, and the it's stuff the, they like, got. Dark matter or whatever the fuck things were dark, dark matter photons. Powered. Was it? Yeah, they, they said dark photons. So. Dark photons. That's sure right. a real thing. Why not? Yes, it is. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, right? Okay. Yeah. That's the note. Anyway, so there's these super powerful androids that, as far as I could tell, were made mostly by the atheists. Like the the Mithraic didn't have them. I don't think so. I thought all the necromancer ones were all Mithraics. Were they? I think so, yeah, oh, except for Mother that okay, was reprogrammed backwards. by... Oh, I see, I see. So she was like the one time the atheists got their hands on one. As, yeah, as far as we know, that was the, the only one reprogrammed. Uh, okay, like, yeah, they so could they kill them sometimes. super but. powerful androids who just like float around like gods and disintegrate people with like microwave screams or something. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, and they're called necromancers, which is also really interesting because mm. as far as I could tell... They didn't really ever bring anything back from the dead. They just made things dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, but then there's the fact that their tech was embedded in this book that they had. And I was like, is, is bringing them to life? Were they, did they exist before? Like, are they meant to bring mm. whatever civilization wrote that book back to life? Are they going to necromance? Mm. Is this like a way to bootstrap an old civilization? Like if someone finds your book and reads it, they, they end up accidentally bringing you back. Well, that's kind of gets to the bizarro finale, right? Of mother mm-hmm. giving birth to this flying worm dragon thing, which mm-hmm. was also depicted on some of the cave drawings in some places on on their planet there on Kepler twenty two B. So, like you saw previously, some glimpses of this drawing in those giant holes that go to the core of the planet, right? Which apparently, I'm guessing, bigger versions of these lived at some point with these yeah. giant skeletons. So, there's some like. These are all dead, gone creatures, but now another one's being born. So it's some sort of cyclic thing going on. So maybe that gets to your question of wondering, is this a way of rebirthing this right. ancient right. whatever that had these these uh, scriptures, these books? Exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay, I mean, there's just so much to unpack here. I feel like we're just like, <laughs> you really need to have seen the show to follow what we're talking about. And even if you have, you may not follow it. All. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, there's so much. Because it seemed like that book was sort of specifically made to be about where they are now. Like, this Kepler planet is... There's some prophecies, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that they ended up at this planet that's the origin of all of it. I guess somehow it was guiding them there already, very Prometheus vibes from that, yeah. that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. The the weird origin planet with the bunch of forgotten dead stuff. Yeah, and the devolving people, right? These people are kind of oh, becoming more beast-like, right? And they became these creatures. Two. There were, like, yeah. humanoids on Kepler, but they're, like, weird cave people with, like, no speech. Right, and then they become these more beastly things that yeah. you know, don't seem intelligent, really. Oh, yeah, very, very bizarre and creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, I guess, you know, that stuff to me started to fit together because it was, like, everyone is acting really weird on this planet, right? They're seeing stuff. They're hearing stuff. Um, and it was, like, they all have, whatever, colony sickness, space madness. <laughs> um, and that starts making more sense when you're realizing, oh, something weird is happening on this planet. Like, this is what's happened mm-hmm. to the creatures, uh, people are acting bizarre. They're hearing voices. They're seeing things. So that right. starts making it a little more 
sense. Like, you can't just land on a planet and just assume, like, it's going to be all good. Yeah. You're not just going to go insane or be <laughs> breathing in who knows what that's right. making your brain all mushy. Yeah. I Yeah, I still, okay, so, yeah, I don't, I'm curious how you felt about this, but, yeah, the voices especially. Mm. So on this planet, people started hearing voices, and I mentioned already the guy who was posing as a Mithraic started hearing voices and thinking he was some kind of prophet and it was telling him to do stuff. It like told him to spare the Android and told him to do all this other stuff and to kill that other, uh, guy who was actually in charge before him that he like caused him to set on fire (laughs) somehow with a miracle. Yeah. And, and I don't know. So the voices show up a fair amount and it seemed like they are real. Like, I don't know. Do you, what do you think about the voices? Is that actually something that's happening? Was it that guy going crazy? Yeah, it was pretty pretty ambiguous. The voices combined with uh, seeing and hearing, like one of the dead children, dead people, yeah, um, that a few of them saw, and not just the humans, the androids too, both saw. Which, right. which also then is like, okay, that's makes it a little bit more real Incredible. in some yeah. sense. Um, not that those androids aren't going crazy either because they're pretty bizarre too and don't seem to have for sure their programming quite quite uh debugged yeah that was great but yeah the voices was was definitely interesting and it's mm. um it did seem kind of real and it seemed to be kind of i don't know what the purpose was or how it's going to tie in but this idea of everyone kind of losing their grip on reality a bit seemed to make sense and acting weird and i guess what's more surprising is that uh the guy you're talking about, Marcus, Caleb, whatever his name is, mm. that he's not a believer originally, and then he hears the voice, right? right? And it's and like and it right. drives him crazy. Either that, or he's going crazy, and that's a symptom. But right, you know, he's so he's not necessarily one who's trying to hear it, and is maybe imagining it for right. some purpose. So that's an interesting side of that to see, you know, how it made him into this crazy zealot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he, I mean, he was a really interesting character, honestly. I feel like he had some probably guilt complex about having stolen this guy's place who he was impersonating. Like they murdered a couple people, which, yeah, they were at war with them. So, okay. But, but I think he felt kind of bad, especially because they adopted his son. Yeah. They didn't know about the son until they. Yeah. And so they like had to raise this dude's son. And I think he felt pretty guilty about it. And that might've sort of spurred his like devolving, you know, like it's much, it's one of those things where you sort of shield yourself from guilt by coming up with some grander thing that it was all part of that you, Oh, this was all for ordained and I'm just fulfilling the prophecy. Yeah, it was, I don't know what was going on in his, in his head. Like he, he didn't really want to, talk much like it was clear that the whole mm. atheist putting some big quotes on those that whole like army was like child soldiers they were all like right. badly traumatized into doing stuff and you know it sounded horrific i mean it sounds mm. like war and so who knows what's going on in his in his brain and then to be 13 years in this simulation virtual reality thing yeah um what is that about like right. what is what is oh. happens to your brain then that's why i was wondering too is with the kids they're in this thing for 13 years and it's not like a dream they remember everything so are they actually older yeah they're like like brain older 20 something 30 yeah but they didn't really act like they were 20 30 year olds i mean okay maybe they're just playing games all the time so they weren't (laughs) 
That's true. I see. This is a grown man who plays a lot of games. <laughs> so maybe they haven't fully developed. I don't know. But that was kind of interesting because uh. they made a point of saying like, oh, they've they're older. These kids who are on the Ark, they were sleeping, but they were in a simulation for yeah. thirteen years. Yeah. But they don't necessarily seem like mature, like twenty something year old adults. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the so the simulations are a pretty big part of this whole deal, and I I think maybe provide some potential explanation. Yeah, so like you're saying, they during the like cryo freeze, everyone participated in this shared simulation for the trip over in the Mithraic ship, and mm-hmm. I guess that just helped them pass the time. I don't even know why you would bother doing this instead of just being actually frozen. Yeah, maybe they couldn't do it, and so this is a way to make people right. not go insane. Right, right, right. So there's that angle of it. Then there's the mother android who finds like a, a busted up pod on the planet right. from a crashed ship and starts going into the simulation herself mm-hmm. and then starts having visions of her creator keeps going in a story and a story and then she ends up like actually like sleeping with her creator in the simulation and that's what makes her right. pregnant right yeah and then she gives birth to a giant snake monster <laughs> like <laughs> so out of I, her mouth of course because she has she has no other sure exit <laughs> makes sense sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the simulation was pretty key to all that. And I don't know. I mean, it's so such a seed there to mess with your head because if there's an existence of like simulated reality established in a world or a sci-fi thing, you never know when you're out of it, right? You have the sort of mm-hmm. ship in a bottle data Sherlock thing going on. Like, do we know? Maybe that's why you could still hear voices and why magical shit kept happening on this planet is because they never made yeah. it to the planet. Like maybe it's all still simulation. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's an ex. I mean, if I want to, if I want to be kind and, and rationalize a lot of the behavior, it'd be like, okay, they just weren't very well prepared, traumatized. But like, they do. Everyone does everything wrong. Not everything wrong, but I mean, these androids. Mm. True, their mother doesn't know she's a necromancer. Doesn't realize she has these capabilities until kind of needed to protect mm-hmm. her family. Yeah, uh, which makes sense. You wouldn't want this death machine to kind of realize it's a death machine probably if they're just supposed to be raising kids so so fine and they kind of lost their ship and their shitty landing in these giant holes but you know they chose to land in like a a shitty zone Mm. of the planet instead of the more lush tropical zone which is weird they never bothered to go there Uh, they're basically living in like the stone age right like they have a bunch of rocks for their hut Mm -hmm. and you know some plants that turn out to be radioactive slowly killing everyone except for campion which is interesting Mm -hmm. you know some sort of special thing going on with him he was also kind of stillborn so they they just that kind of bothered me a little bit like they're they're smart they have technology but they don't really do it or use it and then mithraic's like first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna walk into the middle of this goddamn desert (laughs) without anything carrying our leader which is like okay this is like if you want to comment on like crusades and religious wars and hierarchies and like okay fine (laughs) but it's it's just like really bizarre like how everyone wasn't dead in like a day yeah and they have all this technology they have their giant ship that crashed which has everything and they they don't bother to grab stuff and do things like that plays a pretty small role Mm -hmm. they're not really thinking like survivors like the last people on earth right right it's more about prophecy and finding their god and things like that i mean it's interesting though like if you think about so the way the mithraic thing happened is it wasn't there was a real class sort of thing going like who got to go on this ship right it wasn't just like let's get all of our people and head out let's just take the cream 
Yeah. I mean, they, they may, it seems like they selected for them to be firm, adamant believers over, right. over self-preservation, right? Because right. Uh, very few times yeah. does that come into like conflict. And then there yeah. is, you know, a struggle over leadership or what to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, I feel like that bothers me a little, like some of it makes sense and has commentary on this, but some of it also bothers me from a realistic or storytelling standpoint where it's like you have these people and they don't really feel like they're there like it feels like they're in a game or mm. like in some artificial right. world like it doesn't have that kind of it does. reality on them yeah right they're not really present there which again could be a comment to, or the type of people right it's this you right know, this kind of religious aspect and yeah it certainly doesn't explain the androids not doing a better job you know they didn't know anything right they didn't know about themselves or relationships or the planet or yeah they were pretty right. dang ignorant yeah, and I guess, you know, their purpose was to help. Well, there's this question of their purpose at the end with mother giving birth and her right. thinking that whatever was coming out of her was her actual purpose. But if we take that they at least thought their purpose was to raise these kids and survive, then, yeah, maybe it's fine. Like, they have food, they have shelter, the kids are growing up, they'll get old enough to have babies and have more people. But, yeah, I don't know. It's It seemed a little... Not not short sighted, but maybe kind of limited in terms of what they would be able to do, given that they were, you know, two androids that they, right. you know, have other technology. Even if they lost a lot of it in their ship that fell down the the giant, not a sandworm hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, too. also the the snake thing. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe maybe it is more of a Garden of Eden reference. Mm. You know, fascinating. Yeah, he likes that kind of stuff, right? Like, the, like the, the covenant, right? Like, all of it's a bit religious. All this world of aliens and whatnot. There's something there that's like definitely these themes on his yeah. mind. Yeah, I can't quite figure out what he's saying, but I can tell he's thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have a clear message, which I'm okay with. I think you know, yeah. exploring some of that. Uh, there is, yeah, from definitely prometheus and a, a bit alien maybe the question maybe indirectly but prometheus especially this question of like a creator that mm-hmm. was like what was right. driving it so much and here too like the mithraics are looking for their prophecy right. land or holy city they're going to build you know this whatever this hot rock in the middle of the desert is <laughs> the a hell? temple they decide big like, d20 in the middle of the desert yeah that's what it looked like <laughs> what the hell is that thing <laughs> oh, you stick your arm in you find out if you roll a one or a 20 oh my god Mm. Yes, yeah, so there's this quest a lot for that, and the and mother becomes kind of obsessed with the creator too, right? She right, doesn't true. think doesn't mention too much about it, but when she starts going in the simulation and exploring what turns out to be her locked memories, mm-hmm. somehow, you know, coming being unlocked, she gets to experience them, and she kind of also has this like reverence for the creator totally. and his goals and his doesn't necessarily view him as a god, but you know, mm. kind of for all intents and purposes, she was created and programmed by him and his pur- her purpose, everything comes from him. Yeah. So that definitely is a, a strong element. They kind oh. of converge these atheist yeah. robots and, yeah. and the Mithraics around these questions. Yeah, that was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, this is like a bit of a tangent uh, as we do and then reference that we do. <laughs> Check off that box for this episode. A layer. Yeah, okay. But the prophecy stuff in the show it was pretty interesting like that they kept they're having this kind of trope of like the misinterpreted prophecy 
yeah. where one of the things in the book was that there would be some orphan child or something who would lead them to the city of what have you and you right. know for the for the mithraic and they kept thinking it was one person the whole time you know like uh, but then it turned out it wasn't uh what's his name wasn't caleb like thinking it was him yeah at first you know he had he was like oh i'm an orphan boy and i'm in this land of uh, exactly no, no one or something like that and then yeah, right. they also at some point thought it was uh campion right you know he doesn't really orphan. have parents in the normal biological sense right. anymore right and then there's the kid that they raised though that caleb and paul mary or whatever yeah. raised yeah and he's maybe likely to be it but no one suspects him because they think he has parents even though right. they're not his parents right. like his parents right. are Which dead is nice little kind of tragedy type twist right yeah, he's this, the uh, hidden real thing but anyway like this i like this i mean it is a trope right the the prophecy that you like oh we all thought it was this but it actually meant this you know right. and that's right. the twist uh and i was also simultaneously watching uh i think good omens oh uh, yeah yeah right which is excellent by the way like Great, <laughs> i yeah. really like that show uh but this bit at the end of good omens where he's uh, this is angel and demon versus the end of the world. And, and they sort of take a shot at he both heaven and hell and, and say like, you guys are enacting this Armageddon as per the book, as per the great plan or whatever. But is it the ineffable plan was his like huge criticism. Like, are they the right. same thing? And, and he meant like this stuff where religion, a lot of times will say, here's what's going to happen. Here's the prophecy. But also, you can't know God's mind. You can't possibly understand cover, what cover your butt. he or she is up to. Yeah, like, and, and, but the problem is you cannot allow that ineffableness. You can't say that you can't know what they're up to because that undermines the whole thing. Right, right. Like, now, now maybe it's all a test. Maybe you're actually supposed to act as bad as you can, and we're just seeing if we could trick you, you know? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> like it, it ruins everything. Anyway... Uh, yeah, it sort of made me think of that and like how how the prophecy stuff is working in this show. Like, how do you sustain that? You know, because uh, that's kind of what the role Caleb finds himself in is the like mouth of God. Right. He keeps saying he understands the will and it's speaking to him and therefore uh, whatever. But it's tough because he has to. It, I mean, I guess like all religion does this, but because like, they have these texts that they take literally, too. So whatever he says has to jive with that and he has to juggle this bit of like when to take that thing, the book seriously. And uh, yeah, and it's not even clear he knows mess. what the religion is at all. It doesn't sound like <laughs> no, he was studying right. up in his 13 years in the in virtual reality. Right. So which is also, you know, very interesting kind of commentary and take on that. I mm -hmm. think, you know, he's just kind of making it up. But then, you know, right. he's using it as he can to survive or to rescue his kid. But then he does hear the voice and then suddenly becomes a, right. a real believer. Right. But he only really hears the voice when we hear the voice audience too. We only hear it a few times. Yep. Right. Hear yeah. it in him oh. saving mother or not killing mother, which right. he doesn't actually follow. And then I don't think he hears the voice again after that. Right. Because he pissed um, it she off. She survives. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she which... survives to give birth to the worm. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, but you can imagine how that would drive you insane. Though. Like, can you imagine? Like, his position is great because, like, he does hear the voice of God or at least. As far as Some he can ways. discern. Yeah. But then what happens to you, like, when you get a clear instruction and 
and you decide to be a follower, but then you, you're not constantly getting instructions. So what do you do with yourself right. 99% of the time? Like you can see how that would just destroy your mind, right? Cause you don't know mm -hmm. how anything relates to the instructions you were given, you know, like yeah. how, how far does that scope reach? Like, and you'd become dependent on it very quickly. Like you, now he can't do anything without a sign. It would definitely ruin your ability to lead or have any confidence because now you're doubting, questioning, like, oh, is it what I'm supposed to be doing? Will I be told if I'm doing it wrong? Right. Or will only be told what to do? Or, yeah, that would, you know, and you see that him being kind of losing his grip on, on what to do, what's right, what's wrong, mm -hmm. um, you know, who is the prophecy about. But, yeah, he definitely gets that that wild, crazy look and you know, he's, he's, he's gone. Like it happens pretty quickly and it's, yeah. um, it's, yeah, it's fascinating to see him. It's well acted, I think, in how he totally portrays and like, he's scary in a way, but still sympathetic in certain ways. And mm -hmm. yeah, I thought, I thought his character was, was quite well done and one of the more interesting ones to see how he goes. Um, yeah, but the, the idea of hearing a voice and then, and then following, especially if he's not a believer, like that must've really, really freak you out right <laughs> put it mildly <laughs> yeah i don't think that's mm. that's a good question like i wonder if you were to be a god mm. and you're wanting to direct people or get them to, <laughs> right. to grow right. like does it make sense to be explicit or oh, not or do you have to just nudge oh, that's or a super good question and if we we're if we were parents we would also probably have a different perspective on this right like you <laughs> yeah. tell kids or we're you know we were kids like when you get told to do something doesn't that make you want to do the opposite does that make you question Right. Or, you know, it right. works most of the time, though, until you hit certain ages. So there's all these, these oh, questions of how, how do you guide someone? How do you guide a group of people then? Right. You know, it was a good uh, Futurama episode, right, where is it Bender becomes a god for a while. Right. He's, like, off in space. And yeah. he has that kind of dilemma of, like, telling them to do stuff, That's not right. doing stuff, what they believe in. And it goes through the whole, the whole cycle, the whole That's ups right. and downs of, I do remember that. of a religion. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, awesome. Random non-religious, maybe tie uh, as to where the story was coming from. But I was thinking about the title a bit, the the raised by wolves oh. business, um, and what he was going for there. Or they, yeah, I, I think it's asking some of those questions a bit, or looking at that of the role of parents, nature, environment mm. in a in a child being raised, and what that means. So the kid doesn't know anything about. Well, we don't know what he was told. Really, it doesn't seem like he knows too much about like human history and culture, and right. um, probably doesn't know how to read and write. I would guess, like, doesn't seem to have any use for that. But knows how to survive. Knows how to like, you know, the kind of kid stuff of getting along with people or not, or fighting and testing boundaries and all mm -hmm. that development stuff. Um, you know, so he's not raised as a. He's supposed to be raised an atheist, but he has natural questions about belief, and he does seem to have a tendency to want to believe in something. Right which comes up at a few points. Right. So, yeah, kind of looking maybe at whether they're able to escape that idea of religion at all by going to another planet. Um, even before the Mithraic really show up, it seems like that was worming its way in there. Yeah, a bit. it seemed like it was kind of a natural tendency already, right? Like, people just, you could see it, like, in the kids, right? The, the like, desire to believe Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Interesting to see people like the, the atheists like trying to snuff it out. You know, it felt like like uh, 
sexual preference or something, you know, where they're like showing signs of beliefism, you know, and you're like, no, you're, we don't raise no believers around here. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can choose to be otherwise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like maybe it is a natural thing. Hmm. Yeah, there's this, uh, I was listening a little bit to the, you know, the podcast for the last episode. They were talking to a psychologist and they were asking about, you know, child development and things like this. And that was one of the mm. questions. It wasn't really about belief necessarily. It was around like hierarchy and, and that, that very early on, we kind of have a tendency to look for authority figures, you know, as a kid, right? You look for the, the parent, the adult in the room, you right. kind of react based on how they react, right? You do things based on their cues. Sure. Um, so we have that tendency to look for leaders and to organize in groups and to have these, these questions. So they're living on this planet with these androids that probably don't know much about the planet either, mm. right? Like they don't know about these giant skeleton things that are dead. Right. They don't know about, you know, they didn't know the crops were partially radioactive and slowly killing them. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of questions there and they probably can't ask it, answer. The mother and father can't really answer and probably don't have a good, mm. I mean, father has some knock-knock joke capabilities installed, <laughs> but they don't seem to be keen on doing, you know, parables and allegories and myths and, stories so much to mm. answer some of those questions and they don't have the more straightforward factual answers either so yeah. kind of kids are left maybe on their own to right make up stories and do things as humans will do right yeah but that's the that's the i guess atheist philosophy right you don't fill in gaps you have to be comfortable with uncertainty which is sort mm. of ironic considering the certainty and the not being a god but I guess that <laughs> is the necessary thing to... Well, that's, that's my complaint about it, right? It's not really a, a set of beliefs, right? There's no book of atheism. There's no, right. like... It's not like a church of, of skepticism or something. It's saying, you are going to believe this one thing to inoculate us against uh, beliefs anywhere else, right? Like, you... Otherwise, that there's this natural tendency to just, like, fill in gaps... And and based on our basic premise of the religion, there's nothing that can fill in gaps. It's all meaningless. So it, it's like a way to make sure you don't fall for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to see, like, why why do people say, like, what does it, you know, do for them? Do they have a reason for that? And I did, you know, I was consider myself quite the deist for a while, at least mm. a good summer. Mm. And... You know, it seemed to make perfect sense of like, why couldn't you believe there is a God creating these things and natural beauty and yeah. all this stuff? Um, and then very quickly that turned upside down of like, well, we don't need that. There's, you know, good reasons for everything. And, you know, how could you believe there's kind of like a one, real right. 180 on that very right. quickly. I mean, there's different ways to, I think, if you believe in a literal omniscient, omnipresent hmm. creator being God that can do things versus right. like the idea of it in a more... Uh, moralistic sense, ethics, right. or you know, philosophy or something. Right. So that's that's different. I think that's I, I don't see the need for a literal physical god. Right. right. There's nothing there. There's no gap there that I see that is easily filled by that versus right. something else. <laughs> okay. Very random question I had. So there's the planet riddled with big old holes and like big snake holes. <laughs> Snake bodies and shit, <laughs> some dice and whatnot. Uh, but then there's this bit at the like last episode, I guess, where they mother and father get kind of back together after they've been fighting some, and she has this baby that's nasty snake monster that's 
handheld still. And she's like, ew, it's a nasty snake monster. We need to kill ourselves and get rid of it because it's clearly bad. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah. And then her and father get in their little ship and fly down a snake hole, presumably to, to their the deaths, like on a suicide yeah. run into the, pl- the bottom of the snake hole. And then they just get to the center of the earth or whatever, Kepler, and there's a core there, like a weird suspended sort of shrunken, crappy... I don't know. It was like a few hundred feet, few hundred meters wide, like spinning, glowing core thing that they just plow right through with their ship, and then nothing happens. And then they fly out the other side of the uh, planet through a guess different snake hole, <laughs> and, then, and then and then the snake like flies off. Like they failed to kill themselves. But like, what the hell was that core? Yeah. What? I have, I have, that was a whole lot of WTF on that last episode. Like, did they not make it to the core? They just make it to some, like, you know, mildly warm lava magma area. Oh, yeah. Maybe it then, wasn't the middle. Like, I assume it was the middle. And then swim around and come back out. Hmm. Or, like, how did they fail to destroy, you know, it seemed like it was getting very hot. Things right. were yeah. not looking so good. Yeah. And then somehow they fly out, whether through or they just bounce off or out of, it wasn't clear to me exactly. Hmm. But yeah, then they come out the other side and release uh, release this uh, flying worm eel thing. What? It was a whole lot of whole lot of what the fuck's going on here. Yeah, I couldn't make heads or tails of that. I, I think it was just very cool looking. Didn't see it coming, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit surprising. And you'd always been curious what's down these holes. But I guess they just <laughs> yeah, all the whole lead time, to the, the whole middle time. to this weird thing in the middle that isn't. We didn't even know what it was. Was that the god thing? Was that the thing that's talking to everyone? <laughs> we got us a sentient planet situation. I mean, that could be uh, <laughs> could be a direction to go in. Yeah. Okay. I I had no idea. It was cool, but yeah, that made no sense. Yeah, the finale was really all over the place. Like, it, you know, mother gave birth. It wasn't a human android hybrid. Mm. It was maybe a planet being android hybrid like it could fly like her but it looked pretty organic and it definitely yeah. wanted blood yeah you know as, as she was nursing it or uh gestating it that was so weird i forgot yeah the blood thing like when she was pregnant again by her own mind <laughs> with this creature an android that... so you know okay she went into self-production mode or something yeah fine I could yeah, that. Cool. that's fine uh but but that it was a hybrid and required her to like leech blood out of shit and feed it both blood and, like, android energy blood. Yeah. Uh, wow, that was so weird. And then there was that whole bit where there was that rapist guy. Yeah, with the helmet. Yeah, the helmet guy. And then she just, like, hooked up the, the helmet guy as, like, a blood bag. And yeah, then walked around, around with him. And then he, like, flipped it around and sucked the blood out of her and became, like, a yeah, Superman. That was- <laughs> That was really weird. Like, okay, you got your blood back, so now you're, like, jacked? Yeah, what? <laughs> God damn, that, was, that really was weird. Thankfully, he didn't last long after that, but that yeah, was weird. That was freaky. Yeah. With yeah. his helmet with no eye holes, but, like, a low-res display in his, right. in his voice. It was, like, a little Darth Vader-esque, actually. Yeah, he had the he voice. You couldn't see his eyes. That's true. Kind of scary. They yeah. kept him around, though. Crushed his head, though, pretty good. Yeah, right, the helmet thing he made for that. That was so weird. Yeah, the... Oh, yeah, right. God damn. Yeah, and there's the other girl who's pregnant, too. The 
the girl that killed him, right? And she's still pregnant, right? I think. Uh, right. Was I think okay. she's pregnant from him, actually. Yeah, yeah. She was raped when she was in sleep Ugh. mode of the. Right. Yeah, horrific. Right. They did a good vetting process for that arc, though. They lent in a couple people with some surgery to make them look like someone <laughs> and a rapist who heard <laughs> right. the voice of Saul, right? He claims. And, right. You know, maybe we believe that because of everything else. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what the purpose of those uh, rapings were. <laughs> Good lord. There is a purpose. Yeah, what is going on? I, I would like to see... I guess there's a, supposed to be a second season already. Yeah, it's, it's been picked up already. And I think they had a plan for a certain number of seasons already. Like, I don't know if they have uh, broad strokes of the story or something, okay. but I know there was some plan for X number of seasons. Interesting. Because I sort of... I mean, I want to know what is Saul's deal. Who is talking to these people? Is there some plan for all this? Etc. But I, yeah, I feel like knowing Ridley Scott, we're never going to really know. It's just going to expand the list of questions we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder how much he's involved. Like when he got involved, if they, if uh, Aaron Guskowski already had a story arc for right, the long term, or just parts of it, or once. I mean, I think from what I read, once Ridley Scott was involved, that definitely did you know, put some direction in terms of the art and mm. and some of the themes and some of that stuff. Like, obviously, a name like that, he's not just... Right. Uh, he's Idol. not just pointing the camera, right? Yeah. He's involved. I gotcha. Uh, we, hit, we hit all my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did Ridley, we get through everything? <laughs> atheist, everyone's dumb, Mithras. Mm-hmm. Um, creator was Catholic, but not really practicing. Mm. Interesting. Really, really, I mean... Um, Android being obsessed with the creator and the birth and the scream weapon. The scream weapon we didn't really address. Although, yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure at first if it was like a like a brown note <laughs> from hell, <laughs> a red note, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Or was it? I, I I don't. I settled on what I said before was that it's maybe it's microwave, right? And they just boiled all your water. With a sort of directed yeah, because it, it targets people and not uh, structure. Yeah, so we haven't used it, seen it used against structure. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, she did have those rocks, and she started like, oh yeah, throwing them. But that she was like in a weird, weakened state or something. I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, there. and then there was that's when they tried to kill her, and like by yeah. fucking up her dark photon thing with the, like a reflecting dish that the helmet Darth Vader was holding. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the a rapist, sentence yeah. for you. <laughs> that's our subtitle. Okay. The show where, uh, you know, Darth Vader-like rapist holds up a mirror. Defeats an android using reflected dark photons from a garbage can lid. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that was the pitch. HBO, if you prove the show, I will give you a scene where the following happens. Look at this crap. Dark photons, man. Not too interactive. Apparently enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I'm trying to think of like if you could actually do anything useful, but I guess it's just I don't know, it's unclear what they're even doing with them. Maybe they're a power yeah. source if like they're everywhere and you could somehow like if there's some trick to absorbing them, you know, that that would allow you access to like some other like freakishly other prevalent solar power. Yeah, that's what it sounded like, but then it was that goes back to my, you know, my question of what was going on with the tech? Like, if they have the technology for the necromancer 
technology of, that she can fly and has all this energy. Mm-hmm. They don't have like tiny portable generators that everyone carries that, right? Or like tools that let them right. you know, carve out mountains or whatever. Like you know, yeah. there's not like the consistency may be there. Yeah, that's why I feel like that the the that there was something hidden in the book that was like trying to get them to resurrect the worms or whatever the hell because. I feel like the notes in the book must have been not how to understand dark photon tech, but it was like, build this crazy Android and uh, right. it'll make use of dark photons. And they don't know how to yeah. separate the, the photon from the Android yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that makes some sense, right? That they discovered this, these blueprints, commands for technology and they didn't really right. bother to like, Oh, it's a weapon. Let's go destroy all the non-believers. Right. Oh shit! We destroyed the planet. Now we gotta get out of here. Right. So yeah, I mean, there. You know, it's there. It can. It, yeah, I know. It just. <laughs> what happened to the end? You know, the engineers are all gone. I guess and the scientists. And, right. Trying to piece you know, together well, what the heck. This except is. for you know, human original campion that learned how to right. rewrite rewrite her memory, reprogram her. That's yeah. true. All right. So I don't know. That's most of what. I've thought about this this season uh but right so we said evidently there is going to be another season hopefully within the next year or so so like what would you if you were doing it like where would you hope to see this thing go oh my god that's (laughs) that's a question (laughs) yeah we'll find out what that what that d20 rolled is really what it (laughs) did it come up one is that to solve everything (laughs) (laughs) he was playing so much (laughs) nice cool alright well thanks for listening everyone yeah thanks for joining us we'll catch you next time